So I, I have the privilege of uh, walking us through 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. I've entitled uh, my talk, Leadership Under Jesus. I just kept seeing leadership in the text. Uh, part of that might be because I'm currently taking a class on spiritual leadership, and it might be influencing my brain um, and my heart, but I think uh, it'll be a blessing to you. Uh, the book, uh, the snapshot of the book that's up there is not connected with that class. It's something I read a long time ago, but it's uh, informed the, the way that I look at leadership. Um, they Smell Like Sheep by Dr. Lynn Anderson, and it's this idea of shepherding that does come out in our text tonight. Uh, so for those of you who are book hounds, uh, this is definitely worth your while. Um, it's, a, it's a great picture of what Christ-like leadership looks like. Before I go any further, I'm going to just pray for myself and for us. Would you please join me as we do that? Father in heaven, thank you so much for the blessing of right now. God, we praise you, and we adore you. God, that picture of, of Mary anointing your feet that we sang about earlier, Lord, that's just running through my heart and my head right now. That sweet offering of worship, God, I desire that these next few minutes that we spend uh, in your word, Lord, they would be like that, Lord, this offering of, of ourselves to you. And so, God, I pray for myself that you would release me to say all the words that need to be spoken to us tonight. Help me to get out of the way. And, God, for those who are listening, just give us a receptivity that is from you. And so, God, whatever baggage we carried in with us tonight, Lord, whatever that's relational or work or school stuff, whatever that might be, God, help us just to set that down so you can actually talk to us and be with us now. Amen. So our text begins here. I'm going to kind of go through in, in a few different chunks and try to highlight a, a couple of ideas that come out that came out to me, and hopefully they'll speak to you as well. I'll just go ahead and read the first part and then unpack it a little bit for us. So it says, To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's sufferings, who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Now, there's a lot there. And it begins with this interesting phrase here. He says, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness, and he's addressing the elders among you. And uh, I don't know if you've ever come across a text, maybe even this text, and you're like, man, when is he going to start talking to me? Um, I feel that way sometimes. He's talking to the older men in this case, if we kind of put it back into its cultural context. He's talking to the older, the older folks. Uh, but the way that I've understood that as something that can apply to myself and I believe to all of us in the room um, is that it's addressing any of us who lead others. And how are we going to approach that? How, what's the tack that we're going to take uh, in order to, to be shepherds of God's flock? And I think that uh, Peter is using that imagery on purpose. Anybody in here a sheep herder? No sheep herders. By the way, this past, uh, like not this immediate week, but the week before I, I, I'm going to school and uh, I got to take a preaching class with like nine of my closest friends, so to speak. Um, so it was a tiny little class, and, uh, and one of the guys um, that spoke, 
like he grew up herding sheep. And so he could talk, he didn't talk about this passage, but uh, he, he talked about it. And it was really interesting. Um, he says, you know, when you work with sheep, you start to smell like sheep. Kind of like that book I was talking about. By the way, that's not a compliment to anybody involved, right? Um, sheep don't smell good. Um, there's, they're kind of ornery. They're, they're just, they're not... They're not easy creatures. They're high maintenance, you know, kind of in that whole thing. You have to kind of walk them through some things. Um, but there's this picture of the shepherd that's really, really tender. There's a reason why Psalm 23 is, is so beloved. Perhaps it's overused. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Uh, that Jesus calls himself the good shepherd. And here he's referred to as the chief shepherd. But but as we look at this idea of leadership, Peter appeals to them as shepherds. I want you to shepherd these people. I want you to move alongside these people. Um, and, and they're under your care. You need to be mindful of them and be mindful of the Lord. I wanted to highlight some things that shepherding is not. Man, that's fabulous. By the way, you've got like a killer crew back there operating the technology. Fired up. Come on. So be shepherds, right? And then watching over them, not because you must. Leadership isn't obligation. Now, sometimes leadership feels like that. Sometimes you have to do things and you like, I didn't plan on doing this today, but I have to do this thing and it's hard. But overall, the, the idea here is that we don't step into leadership because we have to or because there is that sense of obli obligation. And, and so we don't want to look at it that way. If that's the way that we look at how we lead other people, life is going to be a drag. It's going to be just kind of rough over and over. Uh, the second thing that we see that we're not supposed to do, not pursuing dishonest gain. Has anybody heard of leaders who were pursuing dishonest gain, right? All of us. We're aware of it all the time. All too often, we hear about leaders who are pursuing their own interests. They're building their own kingdom and not being mindful of the people that they've been entrusted with. And then finally, there's this idea of not lording it over those entrusted to you. That's a, an important aspect of leadership, not lording it over. Don't using your, your, your privilege or your status or your position as a power dynamic. In other words, if I have position, and, and I've been blessed with position, I get to be pastor, I get to uh, have influence in, in people's lives. And if I see that, though, as a, an opportunity to to pull power play, that's not honoring to the Lord. You know that. I'm just telling you stuff you already know, I feel like, right now. But it's important for us to remember this. It's not about this. And, and so recognize that. Don't lead like that. And, and then enough of the knots, right? We'll move into the what we should do. And just because it's green. I like, I got into the whole color coding thing. I don't know what happened to me, but it just, it spilled out. So you're welcome. Um, so instead of because you feel obligation, it's because you're willing. Uh, we step into a place of leadership because we feel God's called us there. And sometimes we step into a place of leadership because we volunteered, right? Like, that's okay. I think God takes volunteers, by the way. Um, and so if you have a passion for the Lord, if you have a passion for God's people, and you're willing to step into that and recognizing that sometimes you're stepping into the muck, you're stepping into the mess, uh, but because you're willing as God wants you to be, he wants you uh, to experience the goodness and the joy that is ours in him, regardless of what we're doing. Uh, the second thing is that eagerness to serve. It comes out there at the end of verse 2. Um, instead of pursuing like personal gain, it's this idea of, of service. 
I'm willing to give of myself. I'm not here to line my pockets. I'm not here to, to just increase my own comfort level, but rather I'm here to serve others and to elevate others. What am I going to do with the power and the privilege that God has given me? Am I going to use it to lift up self, or am I going to use it to lift up others? And it's something for us to think about it. And then finally, it's instead of lording power over people, it's being an example to the flock. Uh, and there's something really, really healthy for us in that. That's the idea of coming alongside and not using uh, just because we happen to be on the stage. Sorry, people who are on the stage. By the way, great job uh, tonight. Uh, but you have a place of, of visibility. That's a place of power. That's a place of influence. Don't treat that lightly. Don't be cavalier about that. Be an example to everybody who is in your circle. By the way, I consider everybody in the room to be a leader. There is somebody, I'm convinced, there is somebody in your life who wants to follow you. Maybe you don't feel like that. I think it's true. I think it's true. There are people in your world that are looking up to you on some level. And so as God has entrusted these people to you, treat them um, as these precious people uh, of God and set that example uh, for, for that. By the way, I didn't say this at the beginning. I am, like, really honored to be here tonight. Um, like, this is a gift. This is absolutely a gift. So thanks for, thanks for letting a middle-aged white guy talk to you for a while. Uh, so there's all of that. And then here's, here's the kicker, is, is let the return of Christ direct your leadership style. Let the return of Jesus dictate and direct and inform your leadership style. Just because when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Sometimes the world feeds us a lie that all we have to live for is the right now. And that's what, what fuels this greed. That's what fuels this power dynamic. That's what fuels uh, like the inflation of self, the ego. All that stuff is because we don't think that there's a future. Well, God's word says there's a future. Jesus says, I'm coming back. The chief shepherd's coming back, and by the way, when you're in leadership, to whatever extent you're in leadership, you get to answer to the chief shepherd. By the way, he's gentle and he's good. He is gentle and he's good. He says, I see your flaws. I'll raise you some grace. You know what I'm saying? And, but, but there's this, this sense that, like, man, am I, am I doing this? Am I leading to please the people around me? Am I doing this to build my own empire, or am I doing this to please Jesus? Chief Shepherd's coming back. Let that inform you. Let that direct you. Don't believe the lie that earthly power or success is even in the same league as the rewards that Jesus offers. That crown that'll never fade away. By the way, I believe that's true. You know what I mean? Like I, just, I think that's actually a thing. I think it's awesome that he, he thinks about us like that. We'll move on in the text. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. So here's the, the next bit. This is talking about how we follow others. I, this is the next, next bit of it, is I think good leadership is also good followership. 
um, when I think about the people that, that I look up to that, that like kind of speak into my life, um, I've noticed that they're also people who follow really well. And they're okay with other, peop other people speaking uh, truth in into their lives. So I would put this all in the category of like character training. Um, if you want to think about who you're becoming as a leader, the kind of person you are, this is like character development. And uh, thanks for highlighting. See, I got the green going again here. By the way, no more red in the text, right? So we're, we're done with the knots. We're just into the do's. Um, and uh, I just, I, it was so striking to me in these uh, couple of verses, the idea of humility and of submission. There is this willingness here, this, this idea that um, as people who are connected with the community of faith, connected with, with the Lord, that there's this willingness to let go of our own stuff and to follow. By the way, submission isn't easy, right? This is counterintuitive for us. Uh, we're, we're hardwired with this idea that we need to fight back and fight for self. By the way, submission also isn't a top-down thing because if we're doing this thing right, like as a group, then leaders who are leading over us are gentle and they're kind and they're coming alongside. They're not like pushing us down. They're, that's not happening. But we who are following, we voluntarily, of our own choosing, submit to these people. By the way, that takes incredible trust. You're going to allow somebody else to tell you what to do, right? The other way of saying that is like, they're going to tell you where to go and how to get there. I, I don't mean it quite like in, in that way, but, but there's this sense of just followership that comes into us. And this, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. What picture comes to your mind when you think about that? Clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. It's not even just to those who are in authority over you, but just to everybody that's in the room. Clothe yourself with humility. How would our world change if we clothed ourselves with humility toward one another? Let me rephrase that. How would your world change if you clothed yourself with humility more than you do? What would change? I have the freedom right now of not really knowing most of your stories like super well. So I don't know. You, this might be like the humblest room ever, right? But you, you, you know you. You know you. You know when pride sets in. I know when pride sets in. I know when I get defensive. I know when I judge secretly inside my own head, right? What about you? Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand. There's this, this call to just to be still, to be quiet. If you're going to be God's leaders, then this is what this looks like. Jesus demonstrated humility. He demonstrated humility in just coming to earth, right? Forsaking his glory. And he talks about this idea that everything he did was given to him by the Father. He was in this relationship with the Father. We get into some interesting Trinity stuff in that moment, but the point is just that, that we want to mimic Jesus in the way that we lead, and part of how he led was to be humble and to continue to look out uh, for those who needed to be lifted up. And here's the thing, at the very end of this, 
um, it, it says, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Um, wait for God's hand to elevate. Again, our, our default here is, is to elevate self. And there's a, there's, by the way, there's a place for having a resume that rocks. Like, there's a place for, like, presenting yourself, being ambassador for you. Um, you have to do that in certain contexts. But for the most part, what this is calling us to is just to simply to wait on the Lord and wait for him to elevate you. And that's hard for people who like to be noticed, right? That's hard for us. We want to be liked. We want to be accepted. We want to be all those things. And yet, there's a call here. Just, just wait, wait, wait on God's mighty hand. Let him elevate you. This idea permeates the Gospels. Mark 10.31 is an example of when Jesus says, But many who are first will be last and the last first. God's kingdom isn't like our kingdoms. God's kingdom isn't like our society. It's an upside-down kingdom. And sometimes we struggle with that idea. That when we lower self, that's when God picks us up. I'm still learning about this. Verses 7 through 9, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. I told you this was about leadership, and I think this might be one of the more critical pieces for you tonight. In my spiritual leadership class, one of the themes we've talked about is the importance of leading self. Not leading others, leading self. And I thought about that, and I'm like, that kind of makes some sense to me. And let me explain why I think it makes sense. Because if I don't lead myself, then I'm prone to wander all over the place. Does that make sense? Like we're talking a little bit about self-control. But if I'm willing to pour energy into who I am as a follower of Jesus, if I'm willing to discipline myself, if I'm willing to say, you know what, this is what I want my life to be like, this is how I want to treat others, then I need to lead myself in those activities. I need to set that example. This is part of dealing with our own stuff. I've identified kind of four different aspects here of, of leading self. Um, and, and the first one is simply to cast off anxiety. Anybody else? You don't need to raise your hands. Anybody else ever struggle with worry? Anybody else ever struggle with like just kind of getting anxious about whatever might be coming down the pipeline? Deadlines, tests. Who knows what else is present in your life? But the anxious thing, if we don't lead ourselves out of that, if we don't surrender our hearts to Christ, if we don't petition him, if we don't ask for that peace, then we get all tied up in knots, right? We, we get stuck in that kind of a rut. And the call here again, cast off all your anxiety. Sometimes we're in that mode of like, well, Lord, just take it away, right? Anybody pray that prayer? Lord, just take this thing, whether it's anxiety or something else, just take it away from me. And maybe he's looking at you and saying, well, why don't you let it go already? Like for crying out loud. Like just let the thing go. Cast it off. Get rid of it. 
It takes an intentional choice. So cast off all anxiety. It's a good move. Bring it all to him in prayer. By the way, I also believe prayer works. It's helpful to me. Be alert and of sober mind. And that's something that we've got to work on sometimes. Because well, when we're not alert, then we get hoodwinked. Is that a word that we, under, that we use in these circles? I'm just asking. Do you know what I meant when I said hoodwinked? All right. Mixed review. Okay. Tricked. Caught off guard. Didn't see that one coming. So be alert. Pay attention. By the way, it's hard to pay I'm just going to speak candidly. It's hard to pay attention when you're drinking beers. It's hard to pay attention when you're giving in to lust. It's hard to pay attention when you're consumed with self. That's the opposite of be alert. It's hard to pay attention when you're sleeping too much. By the way, I'm a fan of sleep. I think you need to get enough, right? But be alert. We can't just bury our heads in the sand. Be alert. Pay attention. Pay attention, and I'm giving you negative examples. Pay attention to what God's doing. I believe any moment can be a spiritual moment if we pay attention to the Lord. Be alert and of sober mind. And then there's this like just jewel right here. He starts talking about the enemy, talks about the devil, prowling around, roaring lion, all that stuff. Kind of dramatic, but it's there. And Peter says, resist him. Resist him. Anybody ever ask God to take away temptation? Anybody ever ask God to take away oppression, whatever that's been for you. Keep praying that, but also just resist him. Resist him. If sin crouches at your door, ready to master you, that's a reference to Cain way back when, then maybe you need to put steps in place so that you can kick temptation's butt right? Let's resist him. Resist him. Make choices that set you up to succeed. And by the way, if you fall down, don't let it ruin your day or your week or your life. Grace is about forgiveness. Grace is also about acceptance. I think I heard it said already, come as you are, right? Come as you are. Come into the throne room, but resist the devil. Don't give in. Don't give up. Stand firm in the faith. That's part of resisting. I think those two things go hand in hand, but I wanted to point out just that there's this, this idea that sometimes we, we do just need to take that stand. That resistance isn't just about saying no. It's also about saying yes to the Lord and filling our hearts and minds with the things of God. I think scripture is important. I think prayer is important. By the way, prayer can be like, it can be like a huge variety of things. Full disclosure, I pray best when I walk. 
Like I need my body to move a little bit so that I can keep a train of thought. Does that make sense to anybody else in the room? Like you asked me, yeah, here, here. You asked me to sit down and fold my hands and close my eyes, and I've got monkey brain all over the place. You know, like it's just, it's a whole pile of no thank you. Um, but, but when I walk, then I can talk to God. So figure out what works for you. Stand firm in your faith. By the way, being around other believers, you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same thing. Don't kid yourselves. You're not the only one going through whatever it is that you're going through. You're just not. So get over yourself. All right. There we go. You're waking up. He cares for you. You bet. He cares for you. He, he just care, he cares for you. Like some of you just need to let that thing sink in for a second. Like he, he cares about you. Let that inform you. Let that give you hope. Whatever the thing is that you're going through, and you're not all going through the hard stuff right now, but you probably know somebody who is. He cares for you, and he cares for that other person in your life. Church world, this, is, this part's totally free of charge, by the way. Um, I told a joke, and now I forgot what I was going to say. It'll come back. I'm going to go on. <laughs> truly, truly, I just totally like mind space. Like, that was really fun. That's, that's good. Somebody can ask me later about it, and I'll remember then. The God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. God restores us. God restores us. And, and whatever the thing is that's, that's present in you, and, and there's this bit here about after you have suffered a little while, I wish honestly that that part wasn't in there. Like, could we please just extract that phrase from that sentence? He'll just restore us. But he will himself restore you, and I love that it's personal. It's not that he sends his, like, saving agent to do it. It's not that he sends somebody else to do what he, only he can do. But he himself will restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. The best thing that I could say to you right now is attach yourself to Jesus. Attach yourself to the God of wonders. Attach yourself to the one who has given us this amazing grace. Attach yourself to the one who loves passionately, extravagantly, lavishly. Attach yourself to Jesus, the one who bears fruit in us. Attach yourself to that person, the chief shepherd. He himself will restore you and make you strong. Anybody else need a little God strength in their lives? I need a little God strength in my life. Apparently my forgetter is working better than my rememberer, right? Like... Like, that's a thing. And so I need God's strength to lead me through.
You need God's strength to show you what's next, to empower you, to fill your being with the Spirit of God so that you can walk in the fullness of all that is yours in Jesus. So let him do that. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. God restores us. You know what? We will face adversity, but we have a God who sees us exactly who we are, warts and all. He loves us and cares about us. So lead like that. Let me pray for us. God in heaven, thank you so much for the gift of tonight. Thank you for each one that you have gathered together here. Lord, I ask that your spirit would continue to lead us and to teach us. Show us what it means to not only express faith in you, but to live victoriously in you. God, you are good. I believe that your love endures forever. Remind us, God, of your loving kindness. Show us what it looks like to lead in your spirit, in your power, and in your grace. In your name, Jesus, amen.